week's episode of Mum Talk. Amandine is napping and this morning, I mean I was really lucky, I kind of scheduled into my day that I would record the podcast this morning and for once it has actually worked out that I have a few minutes to um, chat to you guys on the podcast. Woohoo! So who knows how long this will last for and if she wakes up I'll pause, grab her and then try and come back but fingers crossed she'll stay asleep the whole time. She's been napping really well in the mornings in France and we've kind of had this um, schedule I guess where we wake up, I you know she has a bit of a wake time and then I feed her and then she goes in the pram and we have like a morning stroll around the harbour and to look at the sea, check the surf, that kind of stuff and then she goes to sleep for like an hour, hour and a half Um, and I was a bit concerned about her napping this morning because I thought oh maybe she's not going to go down because she's so used to the movement of the pram going backwards and forwards and strolling around in the fresh air but I fed her and she went down and she went down in daylight actually which is the kind of the first time I've done that um normally I wind down her blind a little bit in the nursery um but I figured because she's been sleeping in the bright daylight and sunshine um these last few weeks that maybe it would be absolutely fine this time and it is and she's fast asleep so you and the sheep is on in the background we've got one of the dream sheeps and um yeah, he's working his magic because Ollie the Owl, which is what I use in my bedroom overnight, is out of batteries. So I kind of have to change. Someone actually asked me how long does the battery life last? And I'm not very good at actually going into Ollie the Owl and turning him off every day. So I leave him on and um, it lasts maybe a month. I think I change the batteries every month. So every four weeks the batteries go. Anyway, I'm not on to talk about that today. I am on to answer a bunch of your questions and to also tell you about how our journey home yesterday went. (laughs) We have not been lucky. If you listened to last week's podcast, you'll know that our journey out was a bit of a... I mean, it was absolutely fine. Looking back on it, it was absolutely fine. But it wasn't the easiest journey out and we're always, always really lucky. So we were due a pretty shitty journey and we got it on the way out. We were four hours delayed. We didn't know what we were doing for a good couple of hours. And Amandine was an angel, but I, um, I was strolling around the airport for like four hours which was fine, but I have to say I was knackered when I arrived in France. But if you want to hear about that, go listen to the podcast um, last week. I've got a bunch of questions, well, a couple of questions you guys asked me off the back of that podcast, which I will answer later on. But a lot of you have already DM'd me to say, tell us how your journey went on the way home yesterday. So what wasn't ideal? Um, And I can say this because my husband's French. So the French were did not have a good day yesterday. <laughs> um, and I understand it's, they were, they were basically, they weren't striking, they were protesting. It was meant to be about the um, price of fuel rising, but I think the protests got boycotted by, uh, for a lot of other protests. Anyway, I don't really know much about it. Um, and so I'm not going to discuss it on here, but what it meant was, was they blocked loads of the roads across the whole of France yesterday and by blocking I mean quite aggressively blocking so they all in high-vis jackets and there was this thing that if you supported the movement then you put a high-vis jacket in your um, dashboard on your dashboard but anyway they were all wearing high-vis jackets so it wasn't for their safety it was for the movement anyway 
Um, so yeah, they blocked loads of routes and we came across a heck of a lot of blocks yesterday. Now, I don't just mean blocks with a couple of cars blocking the road. There were dumper trucks dumping rubber tyres, cardboard, wood in these huge great mounds um, at the entrance. So the entrance to the motorway was blocked. The entrance off the island was blocked. I mean, it was an absolute... It was carnage. So we knew this was going to happen because it was on the news and we allowed four and a half hours for a two-hour journey, which is already quite a long time in the car with a newborn. Um, luckily, our car seat lies flat, and I couldn't have been more grateful for that, otherwise we would have had to have stopped loads. Um, but it was not an easy journey. So we came to leave the island, we came across our first block, so we had to kind of divert um, and by kind of divert you would divert for 10 minutes come across another block have to then take another country road come across another block with the minute you tried to get onto any main road you came across a block luckily for us we had a four by well i mean it was kind of a four by four it's that new jeep thingy um which we got from europe car and hendrick i mean he is so good at these things i'm such a law-abiding citizen that i never would have done this but actually the people causing the issue were breaking the law anyway and so it just doesn't make sense my way of thought but i um i i would never have done it but hendrick did and he off-roaded went round one of the blocks to get on the motorway they basically put this ginormous tractor and dumped loads of wood across the tarmac section which you would drive up to get on the motorway but they hadn't put anything or they'd put this tiny little Renault Clio thingy um on a bit of the grass section so Hendrik just mounted the, the grass and um booted it up this really steep section of grass which I guess you know not ideal with a newborn in the car but it was perfectly safe and it meant that we got onto the bit of motorway we needed to get onto um but then once we were on that bit of motorway the next section of motorway the um we were just calling them the yellow jacket protesters they were had been there before on the motorway and had burnt sections of the tarmac so they had to then close a big section of motorway anyway i found it quite scary um all of this we came across our major one of the major roadblocks um where they had dumped loads of this cardboard there were lots of people shouting and some of them that we passed were really peaceful and they were fine and they were really nice and you know it, it was fine it wasn't such a big deal but some of them they were obviously getting quite aggravated and the police were around but they were so outnumbered there was very little the police could actually do and you know it takes time once they've dumped loads of cardboard and loads of wood it takes time for someone to come and clear that and then there were quite a lot of fires on the tarmac burning into the tarmac um so again they would close that the police would then close that because you can't drive across that oh just a nightmare Anyway, we both had Google Maps on in the car and we were trying to find uh, routes around. So we have been every country road out of the island <laughs> um, possible and to Bordeaux possible. Anyway, so a two-hour journey it took us four hours and we weren't too sure that we were going to make our flight, but we did and we actually made our flight with lots of time in hand. So needless to say, we were both quite not stressed but be what we were both you know when you get a little bit stressed and you get quite hot and sweaty 
and flustered. Flustered's the words I, I'm looking for. So we were both pretty flustered by the time we arrived at the airport. So we just took our time giving our car back. I breastfed Amandine. And what was really weird was before we came across, I mean, I'm sure this is total fluke, but before we came across our first roadblock, Amandine just really started to lose it, which she never does in the car, never ever does. So we pulled over, I jumped in the back, I could not console her. And then we came across the first ginormous roadblock. And it was a really, it was a really stressful situation because we've been doing really well. And then all of these lorries, because, you know, the lorries can't take the small roads, so they'd all kind of blocked up. Everyone was hooting their horns. Um, the Yellow Jacket Brigade had, like, really loud noises. So Amandine just started to completely lose it even more. Um, we wound down our window, and Hendrik was like, look, I just am trying to get to the airport with my newborn baby and my wife. You know, where can we actually go to get? And he was like, everything's blocked, Bordeaux's blocked, everything's blocked, you'll never get to the airport, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Hendrik, in his sarcastic way, was like, yeah, well done, well done, you guys, you're doing a great job here. <laughs> um, anyway, we found this little back road, but it was really stressful, and I don't handle these situations very well, so I was like, just go and ask that woman, just ask that woman where we're meant to go, blah, blah, blah. And oh, Hendrik then just turned around and properly gave me one, which did not help with Amandine and it was totally my fault and I just get I do not handle these situations well at all and Hendrik does you know it's his job um to handle these situations in a calm collected manner but I don't I'm not good anyway by the time we'd calmed down so yeah we had not an argument we there wasn't time for an argument but there were definitely heated words but by the time I'd calmed down and Hendrik had not had kind of stopped being pissed off at me we managed to move on and then really get together as a team and figure out a way out of this. And every single time I was on Google Maps and every time um, we would find a new route, they would then block that route. So we'd then have to find a different route. Oh, absolute nightmare. Anyway, we got so, so close to Bordeaux, so close to Bordeaux. And there's this huge bridge that you have to cross. They blocked it on the route going out of Bordeaux because we were on... Um, on the bridge and there was not one other car going in the opposite direction and then as we were driving off the bridge into Bordeaux we just see all of these yellow jackets running from the I don't know which way that's going the south side of the motorway over across onto our side and they'd literally just got there and they just blocked the road and we were pretty much, I don't know, the third car coming down across the bridge. It was not busy at all. I think most of the French stayed off the roads yesterday. Um, and, oh, I just thought, I cannot believe this. I cannot, absolutely cannot believe this. And they brought these barrels across, which they were clearly about to light up. Um, anyway, Hendrik just said, I'm going. I'm going. I am going to go through these people. And we did. And luckily, they just kind of all just stepped out of the way. I mean, what can you do aside from getting hit, I guess? He didn't plough through. He went through at, like, I don't know, one mile an hour. Um, and, yeah, we f thankfully got through just in time, but they blocked. They then blocked it. So we never would have made our flight if we were literally five minutes later. I don't think we would have got through. Um, but, yeah, it was stressful. And then we needed to fill up the car with fuel. And we decided we just had to get off the main roads and then find a petrol station near the airport, which we which we did through the back roads. But, yeah, 
absolute nightmare. But then once we did get to the airport, everything ran super smoothly. Clearly, tons of people missed their flight because the flight was virtually empty. Um, I felt really, really sorry for the people. Because if you were British or, you know, actually just not French, you wouldn't know that was happening. Why would you listen to the news when you were on holiday and find out that that was happening? You know, the, the hire car company didn't say anything, not that they should have to. Um, so, yeah, what, how would you know? So I think a lot of people missed their flight and there were a lot of stressed people arriving at the airport yesterday. Um, anyway, we got back, we landed early, We Hendrik went to go and grab the car. I had done a Tesco's online shop a couple of nights before so when we got home the Tesco's delivery literally arrived because Hendrik was working today and I needed to make him some food for his um, trip and yeah it worked out really well so once the journey to the airport was done it was perfect Amandine only lost it once in the car and then she went to sleep and considering we were in the car for four hours normally she feeds every kind of two and a half to three hours so she was absolutely brilliant. I didn't have to, uh, we didn't have to stop. We just didn't want to stop. Um, so lucky, lucky. Anyway, that's enough of that. You don't need to hear about that. Um, but what I did want to say is it's okay to have these stressful situations if you have a baby and, you know, you're put in a situation like this. Don't beat yourself up about getting stressed in front of your baby. Like I, I don't understand. I know it's not ideal for them. But we are human and you can't avoid those kind of situations really stressing you out. It might not even be that kind of situation. It might be something really simple. And you may have crosswords with your other half or your partner or maybe somebody else, just a friend, because it is stressful. And if you're like me and super sound sensitive, I'm very, very sound sensitive. So if Amandine's crying... I cannot focus on anything else. Hendrik likes to have his podcast on in the car. And if she starts crying, I have to ask him to turn them off because I can't deal with any other noise if she is crying. Um, and it's very similar. I'm not very good in kind of very, very busy crowds or busy um, events because I'm very sound sensitive and I find it very difficult. Um, so yeah, don't don't beat yourself up if you get stressed and you end up having crosswords. It's, it's not a big deal. I don't think, anyway. Um, so yeah, we had the Tesco's delivery and all was fine. Went to bed and Amandine settled really easily. I put her to bed when we got home, um, which would have been probably 10 o'clock French time, 9 o'clock our time. And I didn't think she'd settle after all of that. Quite a stressful day, long, long day. Like 9, nine 10 hours of travelling, so a long, long day. Um, but she went straight down. And then unfortunately, she's got into a bit of a habit of waking up at half past midnight and then half past four and then again at seven. Now what's weird is that she was waking up at those times French time and then last night English time she woke up at exactly the same times but English time. So I don't know what's going on there. I need to try and nip this in the bud because I am not down with waking up twice in one night to feed her because I literally, I'm asleep by half past 12, of course, and then I have to wake up again at half past four, and then it's by the time seven o'clock comes around, I'm just knackered. So I need to get her back on her wonderful 3am wake up. So I'm going to try this evening to put her down, and then I will go back to dream feeding her at 10, 10.30 when I go to bed, and then um, 
hopefully she'll sleep through just with that little bit of a top up she'll sleep through until three and then um, we can get back into our routine because I'd stopped dream feeding her and I'd fed because she'd been going to bed a bit later in France I had been feeding her the last time around nine o'clock and she'd been going down and then she'd sleep through till three so don't really know what's got got into her but anyway Fingers crossed I'll be able to nip that one in the bud. What she has gone back to, though, is cluster feeding. And I was asking my friend Katie, um, because Katie's baby has been doing exactly the same and they're two days apart, so I'm not sure whether there might be a growth spurt going on at this point. My Leap, my Wonder Weeks app, says it's not for another few days, but I don't know. I think maybe she's hitting it a bit early because she is cluster feeding a lot in the evenings between about 7 and 9 p.m. Uh, maybe 6 actually, about 6 and 9 p.m. So that was our little journey home. So I'm going to answer a bunch of your questions because I don't have a huge amount to share really because Amandine's being really great. So I'm going to be led by your questions this week and do another fairly short podcast for you to listen to. And then I really hope by next week I will have another guest on for you because I know how much you guys love the guests. So you asked me what did we travel with so if you have a look on my Instagram um, I will try and remember to pop that stories in my mum talk um, save story thing Um, but we literally traveled with our car seat. Uh, Annoyingly for us we have to take the base with our car seat because you can't strap the car seat into the car, which is a bit frustrating, but it's fine. And I bought this huge bag. It's called iSafe. I bought it off Amazon. I think it was about 20 quid, maybe 20 pounds. Um, and it fits the base and the car seat in. When we arrived at the airport, I had a bit of a freak out. I didn't actually think it was going to fit and I didn't trial it before. Uh, but Hendrik made it fit and it was actually fit perfectly comfortably. What we did do though is wrap the, um, because it's free with EasyJet to take your car seat. We wrapped the uh, base of the car seat in a blanket to make sure it didn't damage the car seat because when this it was a really big bag anyway so we traveled with that we traveled with one big suitcase we bought on easyjet up to 26 or 27 kilograms i now know that we only need about 23 um because it weighed in at about 20 between 21 and 22 i think um and in our suitcase, Hendrik and I had had one side of the suitcase, Amandine had the other side, and it was fine. I mean, I still took too many clothes. I only took two jumpers, which is fine. It's only on the island. We don't do anything crazy. And I took one pair of jeans. I took a pair of leggings for walking, and I took four or five tops. And in reality, because there's a washing machine out there, I went between three tops because they're my favorite breastfeeding tops. They're not actually breastfeeding tops. Which leads me on to another question. Someone asked, have I bought specific breastfeeding maternity wear? Not maternity wear, you know what I mean, breastfeeding wear. No, I haven't, because I actually don't really like most of it. I have a couple of tops, which I never really liked. Um, One of them's a sweaty Betty top, and it is high neck. And then, uh, it's like a, uh, I hate using this term, in fact, I'm not going to use the term. It's like a vest. It's a high neck and then it has really long um, open sections underneath the armpit that kind of go down to the waist. But for breastfeeding, it's perfect because you can pull it across into your centre cleavage. 
and then your boob is there. So that's a really great one that I wear and it's nice and long so it covers my bum, which I like when I wear leggings. Um, and then I have another similar one, which is a high neck one with quite big sections for the armpits, which is a Roxy one. Uh, what else do I have? Um, oh, I have a white company one, which is actually an old one of my mum's, so it's a little bit bigger. And it has a V-neck, a very, very deep V-neck, which I would never, ever wear normally. But I can just pull the top down and my bra boobs come out. Bob's your uncle. So between those three tops is what I kind of go between. Now, I know I can't go between them for the next kind of six months to a year, so I probably will need to find some other ones, but I'll probably just find some um, ones which work well, or I might try and customise. I'm actually sitting right now doing this podcast with my sewing machine right in front of me, and I do sometimes adjust some of Hendrick's shirts that he buys, so why shouldn't I adjust my own t-shirts? <laughs> so I might try and turn some of my t-shirts that I've had kind of for a very, very long time into vest tops with long arm sections and that would be a good way of um doing those i my friend annie has she runs uh, can we just ask which is like a, a panel they do panel discussions every month and they have just been they have just done a panel on uh fast fashion it's really really interesting um i'm going to chat to her about it she's in Sri Lanka at the moment but i'm going to chat to her about it when she gets back because it's a topic that I'm really really interested in and if you haven't yet seen or watched if there are any mums out there with a bit of free time while she's breastfeeding there's a great documentary I think it was on BBC or maybe Channel 4 great documentary about fast fashion so you should watch that as well if you're interested in that kind of thing I guess it's along the same lines as reusable nappies um, and just trying to protect our environment and how much fashion impacts our environment so uh, back to what we travelled with, we all travelled, we also travelled with one hand luggage, so just one hand luggage between the two of us, which was quite nice. Um, it was just our nappy bag, which came with our Jules pram. Not the most ideal thing to carry, it's an over-the-shoulder bag, I would much rather a backpack, and I'm currently um, sourcing or looking into what the best backpacks are out there, so I will share my information with you my research with you when I um get to that uh but in there we had nappies I had my cheeky wipes I had a spare pair of clothes I had a blanket um muslin uh her homeopathy um headphones but they were actually for Hendrik, not for me, because how on earth would I get the chance to listen to something? What else? My laptop was in there. Um, and that was it, I think. That's all we took for babies. I mean, I was saying to Hendrik, because Hendrik was like, oh, you've done really well, only taking one hand luggage. I was like, I know I have, but don't get used to it, because the minute, if we start to incorporate bottles, or actually, I guess I would just do the boob, I think, um, when we're travelling, to avoid bottles. But when they get to weaning and you've got to take snacks and all this business <laughs> and bibs and oh I can't see it being that lightweight anyway that's what we traveled with um what did I use on holiday the most so what I took way too many of was sleep suits because Hendrick's parents house normally when we just go it's really really cold but 
it actually wasn't cold because Hendrik's mum had put the heating on a lot, so it was actually way too hot. So what I, well not way too hot, but it was kind of 21, 22 degrees. So I packed all these sleep suits to go underneath her grow bag, um, and I didn't need them. <laughs> so I hadn't packed enough vests and long-sleeved vests for her. So next time I will know to do that because the heating will be on. So always think about that when you travel. Um, what did I take that I didn't, or that I did use a lot of? Um, obviously her grow bag. I left that out there though, and her blankets. Oh, I used her, um, kind of her big fluffy baby grow for outdoors. I used that a lot. And my ergo baby carrier, I used that every time I went for a walk. And obviously we were able to travel a little bit lighter than most because we have a pram out there already. Um, so we didn't have to take the pram. So that's what we used out there. What did we buy out there? Okay, so that was a really good question because I did try and buy a few bits out there because I know that we're, again, lucky this is somewhere we go all the time. So I bought... Um, this is actually quite an interesting topic because I bought nappies out there because our reusable nappies... For one, I couldn't fit them all in the suitcase and I think... I know that seems really silly, but I couldn't. I couldn't fit all of our reusable nappies in the suitcase as well as everything else. And plus, um, Hendrik's mum's only got a washing machine. I know you can't tumble dry them anyway, but me thinking the heating wouldn't really be on, it would take a really long time for the reusable nappies to dry. I would having to be using her washing machine every single day, which I didn't think was kind. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't have minded, but I, I didn't want to impose. And I also didn't want to have to put nappies hanging inside on their laundry line. Their laundry line is kind of the length of their living room. It's a very old farmhouse. So there's a string close to the ceiling on the length of the living room and everyone hangs their laundry there. So it's in front of everyone the whole time. So I didn't want to have nappies hanging there all the time. So the reusable nappies I um, didn't take. The reusable wipes, the cheeky wipes I did take. Uh, because they can, you know, hang about a couple of days before they get washed. So I bought disposable nappies out there. We did use Pampers for the night time. Unfortunately, they don't have Pampers Pure out there. They did have Pampers Pure wipes, which I don't use over here. Um, but I did have to, I didn't take quite enough cheeky wipes with me. So I did have to substitute a little bit with wipes occasionally. Um, but I then found water wipes in the pharmacies which were much better. Um, well, better for Amandine. And what else did we buy out there? I used um, these eco nappies in the daytime, which were good, but just not as absorbent as Pampers, of course. What else did I buy out there? Um, Hendrik's mama kindly bought us a baby bath. I was more than happy to just dump in the shower with her all the time, but actually... Um, bath there was a bath out there and Hendrik's mum had kept Hendrik and his brother's baby towels with the hoods and considering Hendrik is 42 <laughs> and his brother is 52 and his middle brother is somewhere in the middle uh, that's a long time to keep those towels so we just used those and that was pretty much it what we bought out there I didn't buy any clothes or anything out there I took stuff to leave out there so we've left baby grows out there I've left um grow bag out there because we're going again in January so she won't have outgrown anything really that much by then I don't think 
definitely not her grow bag. And I have left blankets and muslins out there, so I don't have to take those out again. Okay, this is the most asked question that I get literally every day. I get a DM asking the same question. What baby carrier am I using? <laughs> um, so I, for my hiking and walking, I use the Ergo Baby Omni 360 Mesh, which is the breathable one. I love it now that I've done it up properly. <laughs> I clearly didn't have it done up properly or I don't know what I was doing with it before, but I've crossed the straps at the back, which is much, much better for me. And I am using it every single day and I really, really like it. And Amandine is really comfy in it. It's better when she's in her big fluffy baby grow to keep her warm or in a suit. Um, she's much, much better in there. Uh, fits over my jacket really well, which I really like. So I use that one when I'm hiking. And then for traveling, for flying, I use the Aura Baby Wrap again from Ergo Baby. Um, just to be completely honest with you, the Ergo Baby 360 Omni Mesh was gifted. And the Aura Wrap from Ergo Baby, I actually bought myself because I really liked it and um, I needed another one. So I use that one for traveling. It's a wrap and it means I can sit down. It's not very easy to sit down in the Ergo Baby um, Omni 360. So the Aura wrap is really easy to sit down in and you can sit back because there aren't any straps, big straps. You can, you know, wear a backpack with it just like you can the Ergo Baby, but you can wear a backpack with it. It's really comfy. Um, Amandine loves it. And I also have a Fornessi one, which I also adore. It's by far the softest one. Um, but for walking around airports, sometimes it loses, or I don't do it up tight enough, basically. Um, and Amandine drops a little bit. Also, it's bright orange, so I don't tend to travel with that one. I tend to use that one all the time around the house, um, and I love it, and I can do lots of jobs with it. You might just be able to hear Amandine waking up through the baby monitor, but I think she's going to go back to sleep. Fingers crossed she's going to go back to sleep. I have my yoga girls coming over later. And I'm, I challenged myself to bake a cake today. And I'm out of butter. And on the Tesco's delivery, because I selected organic butter and no substitutions, I missed out on freaking butter. So I need to go to the store and get butter when she's awake. Oh, there she is. She's definitely awake. Anyway, I'll leave her there for a second and finish this off. The next question you guys asked me is what baby monitor do I use? I use a Motorola one. Um, I can't remember the exact model, but I think it was specific to Mothercare, I think, or John Lewis. I can't remember where I bought it in the end. But it's a Motorola one. It's good. It's not great. It's good. I have considered sending it back. But it is good. It is actually really good. And I don't think I will send it back. Um, the camera's great. And the only thing, the only two negatives are sometimes when there's a little bit of light coming in to the room. So I just kind of crack her blind open a little. It'll go into, it'll stay in day mode. So I can't see Amandine. So I then have to go upstairs, close the blind completely, wait for it to go into night mode and then reopen it a little bit. So it's a little bit annoying. Um, and the battery life isn't brilliant. If you buy kind of the end of two naps in one day, the battery will be dead if I'm watching her for it. So I guess battery life is maybe four to five hours. I'm not sure if that's normal, um, but they're the two downsides. And also it's not portable. So, well, it is portable, but the camera you have to plug in, but I'm yet to find one where you don't have to, you don't have to plug the camera 
in. I think there is one called Baby Move Travel. Um, but again, it's really expensive. It's like 140 odd pounds, I think. So I don't want to spend that on two baby monitors. Um, so I would recommend it. I would recommend it. Uh, what else? How is she... How am I settling Amandine to sleep? So I don't know if I'm really doing this right, but I can't... It's not doing any harm and she is settling. She is settling herself. So she will settle herself. Um, if I... But I try and put her down asleep. So she'll either have fallen to sleep on my boob or I will have rocked her to sleep or I will have burped her and she's fallen asleep. I'll try and put her down asleep. She then normally wakes up maybe five minutes later and then um, she'll settle herself back to sleep. But if I put her down fully awake, I don't think I can get her down yet. I'm aiming to try and put her down fully awake um, or sleepy, you know, just sleepy. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But at the moment, it's rocking. I've started singing to her, which I actually really enjoy. Um, the Christmas carols are coming out big time and Christmas tunes. Um, that's how I get her to sleep. Is she settling back in at home? I don't really know yet, but she settled perfectly last night and she settled really well today. And she's wide awake. I'm looking at her wide awake in her cot right now through the baby monitor. And she is fine she's just chilling so I think she knows she's home I think she knows she's home when I walk do I take nappies with me depends how long the walk is and if I'm stopping halfway so I went on a walk with my mum sister and Hendrik the other day and we went to a cafe so halfway so I took nappies with me the Ergo Omni 360 has a little pouch that comes with it um I think you can also buy the pouch and it velcros to the front of the Omni 360 if you haven't got pockets and in there I can get my cheeky wipes, I can get a couple of nappies and a couple of nappy bags. That's it, that's all I can get. Oh, and wet wipes for me just in case I need to wash my hands if I've been touching kind of gates or dogs or whatever. Um, so yes, I do sometimes, but if I'm just going out for a stroll and I'm not stopping anywhere, no I won't. Because I won't be too far from home normally. I won't be too far from home. Do I think white noise really makes a difference? Yes, I do because um, our white noise machines have cry sensors so they'll cut out when your baby stops whining or if it hasn't whined for a little bit and then it'll start again the minute Amaldine whinges a little and the minute it starts she either completely soothes back to sleep or she will stop crying completely. Um, so yes, I think they work and I love them as well actually. I have started to really love it because it blocks out any of the small noises and if I'm struggling to get to sleep myself, it really helps me. Um, and also I don't then worry. At Hendrik's parents' house, um, sometimes there would be loud noises like doors slamming a little bit um, and I would just know that I wouldn't have to worry about those waking up Amandine. So yes, I think it makes a difference. Yes, I think they're brilliant. Hendrik has always, well not always, but Hendrik slept with one pretty much for the whole time that I've been with him. And I don't think it's an issue. I, we've got a really portable one. One of the My Hummy ones that we have is um, small and just velcros onto the side of the cot and it's perfect. I think I've tagged it in my Instagram a couple of times. I will try and tag it in again and put it on my saved story section. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant. I think my hummy have just brought out a new one which just goes in a little heart-shaped sack and you can take that with you wherever you go and I really think it's brilliant. I wish I'd had it in the car yesterday 
um, to help settle her because my white noise impression isn't that great and I have to take a breath. <laughs> um, okay, what are the, la- the last question? How did I keep calm on the delays with our last flight? So on the flight out. So I actually was really calm because I, I don't know, I just figured, well, we're not that far from home. We can just go home if it all goes pet, belly shaped. Um, we're in Bristol. We're in the UK. We haven't really left yet. It is what it is. And I just kind of walked around the airport and it was fine. Hendrik was actually more stressed, way more stressed than me. I think maybe because he's in the industry and he knows kind of how badly things can go wrong and he wasn't, he didn't really have a uh, um, good kind of, what word am I trying to say? He didn't have a positive feeling about it, whereas I did, had a very positive feeling that we were going to make it on the plane. Um, so yeah, Hendrik was really more stressed and he has actually been more stressed about, worried about Amandine, I think, about her comfort, about her getting overtired, um, and just worrying about her. But I don't really worry about her because I think if she's got me, she's got food, um, she's warm, she's safe, then that's all really that matters, I think, at this stage. Uh, yeah, so I wasn't stressed, I wasn't stressed. But my top tips for staying non-stressed, I would say walk, it's good for you, it's good for them. If they like being attached to you, put them on you. It's like a permanent cuddle, isn't it? If you have a wrap or a sling, just put them on you and just stroll around. Um, maybe if you're if you're not using a pacifier, we're not using a pacifier, uh, you could maybe give them your finger to suck on. Um just try and keep calm, big deep breaths, big deep breaths, keep eating, definitely if you're, well, if my hunger levels rise and I haven't eaten, I get really hangry and then I get stressed, so make sure you're eating, just do everything on demand with the baby, if your baby wants to be fed, feed her, him, if they are crying, check their nappy, um, be aware of overstimulation, I would say, especially in airports. That's one thing I found. Lots and lots of bright lights all the time. And I know that by the time we ended up getting to Bordeaux and they had the bright lights on the aeroplane the whole time, they didn't dim, dim them down apart from takeoff and landing, um, I would definitely say try and maybe drape a muslin over you, um, obviously so they can breathe. Or try and darken it a little bit because I think by the time we got to Bordeaux she was really getting antsy because of the lights. And the lights do draw their attention, definitely at Amandine's age. And the airport lighting was bright. And it's synthetic lighting, isn't it, which is never good. And I don't know about you, but synthetic lighting definitely gives me a headache. And just generally doesn't make me feel particularly well, so... If there's a um, rooftop at the airport or something like that, um, obviously somewhere where you can go and it's safe outside. I don't just mean go onto the rooftop, but in Bristol there's like a little rooftop gardeny area. Um, go out there, get some fresh air, just try and keep, yeah, keep chilled. Keep chilled if you can. And that's it. That's all I have to report and that's all your questions this week. Um, actually, there were a couple of couple more, but I think I have waffled on enough and I know it hasn't been the most energetic podcast but I am a little bit sleepy after yesterday so um I'm gonna love you and leave you and if you've got any questions for next week on this trip last trip any podcast 
if there's I'm, I'm well aware actually that in the earlier podcast I have said I'll answer some things in the next podcast and I haven't um, and aside from me going back through all my podcasts and listening to them all again and writing down all the questions which might take me a little bit of time I'll try and do it eventually but if there's any podcast you've listened to recently and you've thought oh she never answered that question please make sure you ask me again and I will answer it or if you think if you come up with a question and you're not sure if I've answered it yet just ask me again and I will answer it again I'm not um I'm not fussed because everyone always has the same questions and I'm happy to answer them over and over and over again so I will catch up with you next week have a lovely lovely week and um a great weekend when it comes around very aware I just said that on Tuesday all right lots of love to you all take care